always wanted to do a podcast. Um, HUD and I have talked about doing a podcast, actually. You but, should do one. Yeah. They're so and they're they're so it right now. Yeah, they are. Welcome back to this week's episode. We are excited that you guys have tuned in. Um, so you know, last week Travis and I started talking a little bit about music and music that influenced us kind of growing up. Um, and things that kind of transformed us. And what's funny with us is we got into the conversation about not just the music, but the camaraderie, the culture, and the community surrounding the music. Um, and for us, the impactfulness of the gospel as it relates to that. And um, so we thought, man, what better way to continue uh, that conversation than to bring more people into the conversation? <laughs> and so we've done that. But um, first off, a couple things to let you guys know of. We are drinking coffee. It, it is. At what this, is this? This is the Ethiopian natural process. Um Roasted by Pine Curtain Coffee Company here in Natchitoches, Texas. Um, that's a shameless plug. So um, that's Charles's roasting. That's company. my. That's my, <laughs> that's by my company. He means in his garage. Yeah, that's like it's it's, it's garage I it, roast. I knew it tasted funny. <laughs> it no, tastes, it tastes really good. Tastes a little really bit good. like motor oil, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's not going to be smooth. Like it's real motor oily. It's, <laughs> it's, it's good for a bowel movement. So, um, <laughs> But so this morning I got a text from my old friend Raleigh. So if you're wondering who uh, yeah. the third voice in that uh, me. conversation was, um, I got a text from Raleigh saying he was going to be in town today and mm. wanted to see if I had time to catch up. And I was like, yeah. And we'll, you want to catch up over a podcast? That works. Yes. And we'll preface this too. So it's not just his old friend Raleigh. Like, hey, buddy, uh, they also played in a band together. Um, they've done some tours together. Um, so. It is going to be music related to that extent, but uh, we wanted to to have a little bit more something fun going on today, and so we brought Raleigh in to hang out with us. And the funny thing is, Raleigh, I've known you when I was doing youth ministry mm-hmm. here as youth pastor. You were pretty much still like a teenager, right? Like you were in college I at that think, point. Yeah, I think it was like maybe eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you were like a freshman or sophomore in right, college when I right. first met you. Um, and you were playing drums with Thomas Magnuson. And then um, I think you were also at First Baptist Church of Douglas yeah, at that time, yeah, right? I with was. Uh, Nathan? Nathan Yates. Nathan yeah. Yates. And then Ethan was there after yeah, him, Ethan right? Yeah, Ethan was after that. Yeah. So funny story. I saw Ethan not too long back. Yeah, yeah. Didn't realize he's living as a songwriter in Nashville now. Yeah. He's he's moved now. He's he's he lives he, in, he lives in Grandview, Texas. Okay. And so he's a worship pastor at a church there. Yeah, when yeah. I, well, when I saw him, he was officiating a wedding here at the church. Yeah. And I was like, uh, hey, how are you? <laughs> I was running sound for it. And I was like, how are you? He's like, I'm so good. And we talked about Nashville and the songwriting mm-hmm. process yeah. and all that stuff going on and kind of what he was doing. And yeah. So. Yeah. He's still doing all that. Um, he's back in, we, we actually hung out with him and his wife and they have a little, little son. So we, we hung out with them not too long ago. And That's so pretty awesome. they're doing it's, really well. It's amazing how small a world Douglas yeah. really is. Until, is. You, like, <laughs> until people move off and it's like, Oh, you know of Douglas. Yeah. I know of Douglas, Texas. Uh, yeah. Um, which is, it's interesting for us cause we have probably golly, 15, 20 families in our church that are from Douglas and they mm-hmm. live there. Yep. So, uh, it's always fun to, to hear about that. But, uh, so Raleigh, you are, let's, let's do a little bit, just a background for people. Uh, you're from the area, from Nacogdoches area. From Douglas um, actually. Yeah. SFA alum, right? SFA alum. Yeah. 2014. And, yeah. Yeah. Graduated and then, then you're married. Got married. Yeah. 
And then you have one or two? One kid. One kid. One son. Shepard, he's three. Shepard. Just turned three. Fantastic. And then, so your wife's name is Carly. Carly. Mm -hmm. And then she does photography, right? We do. Yeah, we both do. Yeah. She, she was the one that kind of, I guess, spearheaded it. Um, started kind of as a hobby a couple years ago, I guess, right before Shep was born. And, um, she's just kind of taken it and gone, ran with it. And we, we mostly do wedding wedding photography so which is the the most fun photography it really is honestly it is (laughs) (laughs) i've shot a few weddings myself and i'm like i'm never going to do this ever again yeah yeah Uh, and then i just quit doing photos altogether (laughs) even just the thought of it seems stressful to me oh she's the she's the mastermind behind it all i'll I'll say that um well i guess once you get enough of them under your belt it's not too bad yeah yeah but the first couple you're just stressing out it's like did i get Right. Yeah. Because there's no going back. Yeah. There's yeah. no redoing this. <laughs> That's why I, I tag along, and so we 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 always have like a second shooter. So yeah. I'm 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 that most of the time, and so yeah, it's really good. She used to be a teacher. She taught at, at Lufkin ISD, and she taught at Hudson for a little bit uh-huh. before we left Snack area. And yeah. And, and then you also have a background. You graduated SFA with a social work social work background, mm-hmm. and so you actually did a lot in that. Yeah, so I worked um, for about five years doing case management for the state, um, working with adults with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ended up going back and getting my master's at A&M online. I did um, special ed. And because I was working in like the special ed field, essentially, like special needs field. And then it was more of an emphasis on like autism and like intervention, early intervention. Uh And so... So after this certification, got what's called like a BCBA certification and um, did some of that before we got to where we are now. So, yeah. yeah. So this is the interesting part for me. And I know it's interesting for Travis, too. So Travis and I, we spend a lot of time talking about like what's a cool side hustle that we could do. Um, and he's got his like print on demand. Like, oh, yeah. oh, if we do print on demand, we can do this and this and this and this and this and this. Essentially, what he's saying is like, Charles, why don't you design it and then I'll front some money towards it and then you do all the rest of it. Yeah. Is what he's not saying. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Reap the benefits, (laughs) the the nice passive income that comes in from print on demand. um, So we've we've talked about what what cool side hustles can we do? And so Mm -hmm. for me, kind of the coffee thing is a side hustle. Yeah. And you don't make zero, like, you make zero dollars off of it, but it's fun to do. Um, it gets me out of the way of screaming kids uh, yeah, for that moment. Enjoy it. But you, when I guess when you were here in the Nacogdoches area, mm-hmm. you were already picking up on yard sales, garage sales, thrift stores, reselling, yeah, by resale, right? Yeah, yeah. So I actually started it in college. Um, kind of a funny story of how it started. It was around the time we were just still doing music and stuff, and got connected with my uh buddy paul and tucker you know tucker mm-hmm. and we were um we were really into like old vintage video games and stuff and so mm-hmm. that was kind of the thing back then and so i was like you know what i kind of had a little bit of experience of like buying and selling a couple of things like growing up like trying to save up money to get like the next big thing and i was like i'm gonna try to buy and sell some video games and so i started doing that a little bit it was a little bit easier to find that stuff back then um and then Carly was there and she, uh, we got a little bit more serious and I was like, you know, I'm not making a whole lot of money you know, working my <laughs> yeah. little job in college and stuff. And I want to marry this girl. 
So I needed to get a ring. So I actually got into it a little bit more to save up money for an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my first big like goal to work towards. And, you know, I had my little bit of money to help here and there. But um, I got to the goal. And after that, I didn't really can I continued it a little bit casually mm-hmm. here and there. Um, and this was still mostly like video game stuff no video games but i kind of started branching out into like i discovered there was people online like on reddit and stuff like do this and i was like okay there's i'm not the only so weirdo just out finding here stuff at a garage sale yeah like real looking cheap, it up yeah and looking it up online they don't understand what they have and then right. flipping it for a profit right exactly and so and sometimes they people know what they have right and it was like oh yeah i know that's worth whatever online but you can have it for 10 bucks or whatever and i'm like okay and so um you know Back then, we were still living in East Texas, and um, I started getting a little bit more serious with it about 2016-ish. Yeah. We were, um, you know, Carly and I, we were we were both kind of like business-minded, I would say, and so like she actually had started a couple little side hustles before photography, and we both, it was nice to have something besides like eight to five job to focus on and like yeah. kind of foster and like work on. And so um, we had a couple of things we did, and we did some like little trade shows and stuff, but... The reselling was the one that kind of stuck with me. And um, about 2016, 2017, started getting a little bit more serious with it. Um, Used it to kind of fund like vacations and that type of thing. Um, And then right before we moved from NAC, about 2019 is when I was getting a a bit, bit more serious with it and kind of relying on it as like part of the income or whatever. And so... um, Let me stop you for one second. Yeah. You brushed over that. You said fun some vacations. Yeah. Like yeah. I've seen your pictures. Y'all did some fun vacations. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like we did. Yeah. You were doing pretty well with Yeah. Like, so yeah, it was it was one of those things that like it wasn't enough to like realistically like live on. Like I'm gonna quit my job and do this. But yeah. it was one of those things that like you know, we went on a couple cruises and we, we did, and, and some of it was not all like reselling money. It was like we saved up our own money or whatever, but the side hustle money helped, you know, yeah. uh, it really did. And so, you know, we went on a cruise, a couple cruises and then, um, we did some like weekend things and that type of thing. And so at first, you know, it's easy to do that kind of thing when like you've got your eight to five and you're uh-huh. living off that money and you're like, oh, this is just extra. Let's just yeah. use it for some fun stuff. Um, but yeah, um, it just is kind of like not spiral, but just kind of rolled. Yeah. Um, so not very many people like take a side hustle and then it's like, oh, this can become like my actual full time right. job. Right. Yeah. Like most people's side hustle is just a really pretty packaged pyramid scheme. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, if you get under me and then you get under, you get three people under you and then they get three people under yeah. them. They're all making money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's a whole interesting, that's for a whole nother podcast, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I have my own thoughts the, on that. Pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah. So what are your favorite things like when you're looking? So I'll go a little bit more into like how I got to where I am now. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we moved from, we moved from Nacogdoches to Arlington actually in summer of 2019, um, I quit my job, not because I, I, I kind of was ready to kind of move on, but and try something different, but we actually moved to Arlington area to help um, out one of our family members was going through some health stuff and it was a kind of a situation where they're like, Hey, you can live, live at the house and you can help her and, and do this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds like, you know, we were kind of wanting to move 
we enjoyed yeah. East Texas, but we were like, let's try something different. And so we just had a son and we knew that Carly wanted to stay home if at all possible too. And so that summer we packed up and we moved and, um, not, I was kind of like, you know, when we moved to a new city, it was a whole new area for me and like whole it was changed everything as far as like reselling wise because there's just more stuff out there and there's more like locations and places to 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 go garage sales thrift stores that kind of thing they're just everywhere and so i started and at that point i kind of like like you said you know not a lot of people do this full time or whatever or like do their side hustle full time i started learning those people that did this full time mm-hmm. and i was like kind of watching a lot of youtube like consuming a lot of that content and like looking at these people, I'm like, wow, they're, these people do this, like, this is what they do as their job. And um, so we got up there and then COVID hit. Oh, man. And I was kind of working like a contracting job or whatever and with with my degree and real flexible freelance work, but it was just not what I expected it to be, to be honest with you. Um, it was kind of painted as a certain way and then it was like, this is what it actually is and didn't really like mesh well with what I wanted to do. And so, um, COVID hit, I ended up getting a job at a clinic during COVID, um, really enjoyed the work that I did there, um, doing early intervention work with autism, um, super great people, um, was there for about a year, but then on top of all that, I was with reselling, it had grown to the point to where I was running a full business at night, essentially like, you know, on all the weekends, and I would go home or work the job, come home and work on the reselling or like do it on the weekends. And I was getting kind of burnt out. There was only so much of that you can do. And so finally, Carly was like, why don't you just quit your job and just do this? <laughs> and I was like, what? And I, and I knew people did this. I'm not, I, I wasn't oblivious to it, but I was like, you know, I'm a type of person that like, I do like security. Yeah. Um, at, at, to an extent. Um, but I also was like, I have to provide for my family and all these different things. Like, are you sure? And she's like, just compare what you're doing with your job and compare it with reselling and like, think about all the too much time you'd have to work on it. And I was like, you know what? And, and on top of that too, like I won't go into too much detail. We had some stuff, medical stuff with our son that like, you know, we were, she was getting swamped with it, um, with juggling like photography and stuff. Mm-hmm and staying home with him and so she's like yeah you know it'd be better to have you home so why don't you just leave and do this and i was like okay (laughs) okay (laughs) um so i did it and last summer i went full time with with reselling end of july and still here so favorite hot spots for reselling what what's your what's your favorite go-to to kind of so i love garage sales and flea markets because you can get stuff cheap um, I love garage sales because like, it's fun. Yeah, I like interacting with people. Um, and that's, what's funny is like you, you talk to people and I'll tell them I'm a reseller and they're like, Oh, okay. Most yeah. of the time they're like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, here's some more stuff that I have if you're interested. And I'm like, Oh, all right. Um, so I love that. I do a lot of thrifting because in like the Metroplex, there's yeah. tons of locations. I mean, Goodwill's everywhere. I mean, there's all kinds of places, but you have to kind of know, like you learn stores, and you learn like what they price really well and what they 
overprice, right? Like overcharge on things, and so Do you know, like, like which Dallas suburbs are like the best. Oh like, yeah, I know. I know at this point, like he's not going to give out his secrets. Yeah, if I'm, that's I'm what you're asking for yeah. that. But I go to this spot and it's a honey hole. No, <laughs> no, no, um, no. It's like I mean, but it's like you know which neighborhoods you know are sure, like, giving and, away the nicer things. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple of spots in Dallas that are like right by. Um, I mean, it's like up uptown Dallas, and you know, there's people that you know you know, multi-million dollar yeah. salaries yeah, and that type this of thing for six months, and all that. useless to me. Yeah, Put it on the curb. Yeah, wore yeah. this once, <laughs> give it to Goodwill. Right, and it's like a $3,000 suit, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, and that's what's, that's what's interesting. It's like, um, you kind of learn stores and kind of like, because you kind of have to, if you treat it like a business, you have to kind of like, look at it more than like, I'm just going to go look around and see what I can find. You have to be like, there's a little level of strategy, even though you yeah. don't know what's out there. And so, um, yeah, I do a lot of garage sales and, and that type of thing. Um, I mean, that's mainly weekends, right? Weekends, yeah. So during the day, my son is a trooper. He goes along with me a lot during the week. And so, so you got like a truck and trailer you're riding around in? or like... I'm riding around in a little Toyota Prius, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I don't do a lot of big stuff. Like I okay. don't do a lot of like furniture, you know, music equipment and that type of thing. So I, for people who are interested, or yeah, interested yeah. they can find you at the period endless period thrift yeah on instagram Instagram. yeah and you post some pretty crazy things yeah like i I post on there quite a bit a lot on stories and stuff especially yeah but you show some of the things that you flip like here's a needless to breathe acoustic live Mm -hmm. album that you paid two dollars for it listed for three hours and you sold it for 150 yeah that was and actually, that was a kind of a cool story. The guy messaged me, and I don't know if he was being genuine. I mean, he probably was, but he was like, hey, like, we have a family need to breathe record collection. And like, this is, I've been looking for this for a long time. Would you take 150? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Like, I wanted to go to somebody that can use it. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy. Like, I'm just like yeah. looking through your Instagram and like yeah. some of these things, it's like you're paying less than 10 bucks for. Yeah. And yeah. Easily so, flipping for so what sometimes kind of, several hundred yeah, dollars. So yeah. Like, what yeah. kind of profit margin are you looking at when you see an item? So it depends on what it is. Like, um, you know, I, some of our stores have like set prices on like shirts and different things like Wait, that. Wait, you said stores. Okay. Let's go yeah. into that detail. So okay. you have, I guess you have multiple online revenue streams in. Is that no, kind of what the No, no. Some or? of our like thrift stores. So like the oh, ones okay. I'm going to, I, I actually only sell on eBay, which is a little bit different than most people that do this full time. A lot of them do like, you know, there's something I call, they're called Poshmark. It's yeah. Travis, you probably heard of it. Yeah. You probably heard of it. It's, they do a lot of clothing and stuff and shoes, but I only do eBay really. It's what I'm, comfortable with i've done a little bit like poshmark i don't do any amazon there's a lot of money in like amazon but that's a whole nother like beast to tackle because it can be really hard to sell certain things on amazon with amazon you're having to almost go to established retailers find clearance to items yeah and even that so there's this thing called like you can sell yeah and there's this thing called like gating and so Mm -hmm. a lot of sellers like gated in categories and so like you i can't just go to like walmart and buy out all the lego clearance items and flip them on Amazon because I'm probably gated and not able to sell it. And so only certain sellers are able to do it. And there's a whole process like getting ungated and stuff. Um, And so there's a lot of people that do that, make a lot of money doing Amazon. I just never, you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing and what I'm doing seems to be working. Um, So So how did you like, I know you said you started with video games because that's like what you were familiar with. Sometimes you post like, shirts or yeah, jackets so, and stuff and it's things that I would have never like I'd see it at a right. thrift store and be like 
it's not worth anything. So a lot of it's just, um, and it's weird, but it's a lot of it's like brand recognition for clothing because I I could care less about like nice clothing. I mean, like I like nice stuff, like Thursday boots. We were talking about those. Like I like good boots and stuff like that. But like, I don't know all the like the. I know them now, but like I don't care about like the crazy designer stuff and all that kind of thing. You just know but there's a market for it. I just know there's a market for it, and so a lot of it's just like learning brands and learning like, um, you know, I saw a lot of golf clothing. I uh, saw a lot of like, um, like high end like menswear suits, that type of thing, and like shoes, only because like I just have learned about what brands to look for, yeah. and so it's kind of at the point where I can just scan through like a rack of shirts and look for certain brands. And if I see a brand that catches my eye, I'll find, and you asked about like the par- profit margins, like I'll find a shirt for five bucks and I'll sell it for like $30 free shipping. And I'll probably net on that after fees and shipping and stuff like, you know, 18 to 20 something dollars. But if you had enough of that product that you're doing right. that 10 times a day. Exactly. Like, you know, and it only takes me like maybe max like three minutes to list something like that. And so it's, you know, three to five minutes. And so if you think about like a, you have to think about like an hourly thing. Like if I can do this 10 times in like 45 minutes, then that's, you know, hundred dollars an hour or whatever. Yeah. And you have to find, you have to kind of learn like what is going to sell. And so my, my goal less than profit margin is to find things that I'm going to sell within like at least a couple months sometimes within the next couple weeks or even like mm. f- next few days just because I don't want to sit on stuff yeah. for very long. You're not I, trying to hold it. So do you have like a storage unit that you use to hold so most of your stuff? Or is I it just have a garage in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I have been working on my storage actually a lot this past couple of weeks, but um, everything's in bins and labeled. Bins are labeled and I have like custom SKU numbers and like every almost every item. I'm not going to like... I love it. I am far from perfect in the organization section, yeah. um, but I'm trying to grow the inventory. So like as I process things, I'll put like a custom skew on the listing. So if I saw a shirt or a pair of pants and it's like, oh, it's in bin A26, I'll go to <laughs> A26, pull it out, stick it in the mailer, print off a label and yeah, throw it in the... Well, I guess that's to be yeah. eBay because eBay has yeah. made it pretty simple. Yeah, it is. It's really easy. For me, flipping, it's a little bit different. Like the, the things... So funny story. Mm-hmm. The other day, Travis and I went to University Coffee here in town to get right. our free pastor's lunch and all this stuff. And we pull in to the parking lot. Yeah. And we're just... Ta- I don't even... We're talking about random stuff. I don't even know. I think we were talking about like what would it take to actually buy University Coffee and like make it into <laughs> yeah. a legit shop. Um, not that it's not, but you know, make yeah. it more legit. And in the grass, they had a big metal light up arrow that was like taken off of like a, a sign. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, that's cool. Like I could probably use that somewhere. And I'm thinking, that's trash. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, yeah. that, that's just a big piece of hunk of trash. And I'm like, mm, that's like man cave worthy right there. Like yeah. you put a nice yeah. like, blinker switch on that. You show your buddies and you got, so I'm thinking that could be a cool piece. I picked it up. I sat it in my garage. It's like 10 feet long. Like yeah. it's massive. Yeah. Sat at my garage. To be fair, you did ask the manager if you could have Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I said, what are you going to do with that? And they said, it's trash. So when we left, I just loaded it up in the back of the truck and drove off. No big deal. Very nice. Uh, So free to me. Yeah. Sat at my garage for maybe like three weeks. I posted it a couple weeks ago on Facebook Marketplace and I made 80 bucks off of it. Nice. And I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, So free to me, sold it. So for me, I I love stuff like that. Like where you're able to, like I bought a bike the other day for 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. Um. But when I saw the saw the bike, I saw the label, I saw the brand, I was like, 
that's a Fuji bike. It's an old Fuji mountain bike. Right. It's got a few little spots on it. Mm-hmm. But completed bikes online are going from anywhere from three hundred to four hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. I gave twenty bucks for it. I'm like, I could strip it down to just the frame and get a hundred bucks for just the frame. Right. Right. I'm gonna rebuild it into something else. But you know, it, to to me, I look at it as like. What's something I could get for cheap and then just right. pull and a quick profit on? It's kind of, with, with my wife and I, it's kind of given us like a, almost not, not really a frugality mindset, but like I'm able, I've been able to find a lot of nice stuff for us just from just reselling because yeah. um, the one thing I always looked out for and I never could find was a was a Jura, a super automatic yeah, yeah, yeah. espresso machine. <laughs> I never found one. Had a buddy that found one, like 10 bucks and he kept it and he's, they use it every day never found once so we broke down and bought a decent coffee machine but like we've been able to find like really good stuff and i think that's part of the fun is like like it's not just to make money it's like we can find stuff for us for cheap and it's like barely used you know like in america we have like a really bad habit of like wasting everything oh yeah oh yeah and you know when you move to the city you see it even even more um yeah. and so i remember whenever we lived in san francisco like we went to a couple of different goodwills mm-hmm. and i just like couldn't believe because i was used to the goodwill here mm-hmm. and i was like looking around the store like <clears throat> everything in here like is so nice it's yeah. ridiculous yeah. And it's and expensive it's like, too like yeah, over like, there because yeah, oh, your google salary is four hundred thousand dollars a year so right. like and people google is a very interesting corporation because they're not like what a lot of people think they are a lot of people think like oh goodwill is meant for like poor people and that kind of thing and like thrift stores are meant for like poor people but really a lot of those are like even though goodwill is like a non-profit like they well, are really, yeah, like they, they <laughs> their try to make as, fortune. yeah, they, they try to make as much money as they can for their job programs. But if you look and see like how much stuff is like, like there is an abundance for everybody to have plenty of well, things good. because they have these things called Goodwill outlets in the city. We don't have one over here, but we have one in Dallas and it's literally like stuff gets wheeled out. They have carts for shoes, clothing, and like hard goods, like electronics, all kinds of different things, gets wheeled out on these giant blue bins and people go nuts. And it's all sold by the pound. And so like, and you look in the back <laughs> and there's like literally uh, like 50 feet high of boxes of just stuff that, everywhere. That was donated at Goodwill. And it's like, We just don't have space for this. They don't have or space it or it didn't or... sell. And so like there's people that go there every day and like buy stuff like, by the pounds, they like just have to swap out pounds. inventory like crazy, and people go crazy. Like they go like dig into these bins, and you can find some cool stuff. I I go sometimes, but I get over over stimulated. Have you ever done like pallet flipping? No, um, that's it's a popular thing now. Um, I will never do it <laughs> because <laughs> it's, I, a, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot, lot of guessing. Of, it's that, a lot of guessing. You have no idea what you're gonna get. Yeah, I mean, I don't say I would never do it, uh, but because they're. I would only do it for certain like categories and a lot of people get into it thinking that like, I'm going to buy this Amazon return palette. I'm going to find like returned iPhones and like all these crazy Mm -hmm. things, drones and things that people just returned. And really what you're getting is like a bunch of junk. Usually it's like dirt cheap. It really is like dirt cheap. (laughs) And that dirt cheap operates on like they buy liquidation out. And so I actually went to dirt cheap yesterday. And we I went, went today. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're having our fourth kid in July mm-hmm. and we needed a new pack and play. And I found a Kiko light pack and play. It's normally like 160 bucks. Yeah. On Amazon new. If this thing had never been open, never been opened. Mm-hmm. And I got it for $48. Yeah. 
my my coffee brewer that I use every single day yeah. is an OXO Brew 8. Mm-hmm. So just a simple coffee machine. Mm-hmm. Normally sells for 180 online, and I got it for less than 50 at Dirt Cheap. Yeah, <laughs> nice. great. I got an espresso. <laughs> it was a target yeah. clearance that was clearance down even more yeah. at Dirt Cheap. Yeah. It can be a great place, <laughs> and that's where like the, you get the good stuff from like pallets and everything, but a lot of times it's a lot of there's people that do it, and they have businesses where they run and do pallets and stuff, but I just... I'm operating on little space. Sure. You know, I'm Just still curious. I'm still refining. Yeah, I'm still refining like what what I'm doing and stuff, but it's interesting though. Yeah, to, to me that's an the the whole idea of buying and flipping is such a neat concept, but you're right. I mean, unless you have the time to devote to it, mm-hmm. it's literally you're just cluttering up your space. Right. Is really all you're doing. And and, um, the, and there's a lot of people that get into it because, you know, it looks easy, but there's a lot of like time and effort that goes into like finding stuff you know i may go to like four stores in a row and take up that much time and gas and mileage and find like one thing i'm like well dang like this was kind of you know this was kind of a bust but like you know i may go to one store and like hit it big and like find hundreds of dollars of the stuff you know and so um a lot of it's about timing and like consistency and you have to really a lot of people also get into it and don't realize how long it will take certain things to sell. I mean, I'm still learning that. I mean, there's still stuff that I'm like, I shouldn't have bought this. I'm just redonating it, you know, just because (laughs) in the moment I'm like, oh yeah, I'll sell this. And I'm like, no, I'm really not going to. And so, um, (laughs) what's the craziest thing that you've flipped? Okay. Um, (laughs) this happened recently. Um, so I will say this when I've, since I've become been full time, I've had, a series of really good flips from a flea market that I go to every month. And I thought that when I found it and I flipped it, I was like, okay, this is the best that I will have. And then the next one happened. I was like, okay, this is the best one that'll happen. And so the last one was really weird. And so, um, actually involves HUD. So (laughs) (laughs) it involves HUD. So, um, uh, HUD and I go to this flea market every HUD's my brother, by the way, he knows Charles and Travis. And so, um, HUD, you'll probably listen to this eventually. And Jesse. And HUD Jesse. And Jesse. HUD and Jesse, you're yeah. always welcome at Calvary. We have two chairs <laughs> two chairs with your names on it. Yeah. Just so, waiting for you. So HUD and I go to this uh, flea market every every month, and we went to this booth, and my dad, they go with us too. My parents meet us there and stuff, and um, we always get this one booth. And so we went, walked in, and my dad pointed us over to this camera stuff. Well, you know, I know a little bit about vintage cameras, like lenses and things, mm-hmm. doing photography, and so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to look at the camera stuff. And so I'm flipping through and I noticed there's this little box of like handheld voice recorders. So like, like the little like digital, like you push yeah, a button yeah. record and all this. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me look at this. And I picked up this one Panasonic recorder and this is going to sound really strange, but I knew there was a, there's a Panasonic recorder out there that actually is worth like quite a bit of money. I'll kind of tell about that in a second. But like I, when I find something electronic or something like that's got a model number i'll just look it up on ebay just to see like what it's worth um a lot of times it's not worth picking up so i'll just put it down and go the next and so i ebayed this panasonic recorder and i saw what popped up and i was like hud i was like oh my gosh like this is this is crazy like and i was kind of i was freaking out because I was like, I knew what it was at that point. And I was like, HUD, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. And he's like, what, what is it? What is it? What'd you find? I'm, it, show me. And I'm like looking at, it, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then he reaches in and grabs the second one out of the bin that I missed. And, um, he's like, you mean like this? 
And I was like, oh my gosh, there's what? There's two of them? I was like, oh man. I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta, I gotta chill out. Like we just gonna buy this stuff and, and go on. So I found a couple of other things. I bought it. I paid, we both paid five bucks a piece for this, these little recorders. They're both the same model and everything. So what it is, is it's called a Panasonic RR-D60. And it's very, I've got a picture of it actually. Um, very unassuming. It's just like a little, um, little like voice recorder looking thing looks like that i'm not going to show you so it's like a little just like a little voice recorder okay. type thing um and what it is it's like people in the ghost hunting community uh-huh. are convinced um that this is the recorder <laughs> that is like the holy grail to catch evps so like in the ghost yeah. hunting community like evps are like electronic voice phenomenons like the ghost voices okay um so um i don't buy into that i'm like this is just a little dinky recorder but it's got this like cult following yeah. and stuff <laughs> so i get home i test it i don't test it for ghost i'm just testing it to see if it works and um it works hud gets home test his everything's good he lists on ebay sells it the same day for three grand free shipping <laughs> i mine was in a little bit better condition and so i listed mine and it sold the same day for thirty four hundred dollars and you paid five, five bucks for it yeah five bucks for it. <laughs> and so it sold and i was like i knew it would sell like but i didn't know it would sell that quickly um and the funny thing is the only reason I knew what that was is I'm in like a Facebook resale group or whatever. And somebody had posted a picture like two years ago or whatever, a year and a half ago. And they're like, I found one of these sealed at Goodwill. And like Seal. I sold it on Whoa. eBay for like $4,500. And I was like, I need to remember that. I need If I see something <laughs> yeah. like that, I'm like, I need to remember what that looks like or what that is. And so. Um, That's awesome. Man, it was crazy. Ship, packed it up, shipped it. Guy was happy with it never heard a word from him and so um so you did really good on a watch too didn't you i did yeah i i bought a box same flea market um i bought a box of like watch parts and different like like watchmakers like yeah. an old watchmakers estate and i was got it and i was looking through there and like trying to find like rolex and everything like that you know but didn't see anything like that crazy but he was like yeah i'll give you the whole box for 60 bucks if you want i was like almost didn't buy it and i was like well this is a lot to go through and and he was like, "Yeah, I wanted a hundred, but I'll do it for 60. And so I saw a couple of things in there. I'm like, "Okay, I can make, I can make a box like that. There's something like a lot to go through. I'm like, I can make a couple hundred dollars. Like it'll be worth my time to sit yeah. through this stuff. So I bought it. I'm getting home and I'm separating things out. And then the bottom of it, there's this. Um, so there's a watch brand out there called like Tag. You know, Tag uh-huh. oh, Hewer Hoyer. I just don't know how to say the back, the last word. But um, so back before they became like Tag." It was just Hoyer, and um, I found a Hoyer, what's called a Hoyer Carrera, and it's a racing watch. It was made in the 60s, and it's really hard to find. Um, this one was, like, busted up, didn't have the dial, or, like, they didn't have the uh, crystal on it and anything, didn't work. It was missing the hands, and um, I knew what it was when I saw it. I didn't know, like, how much it exactly was worth, Um but that's where you just look up something. And I put it at auction and I'd actually put it on Instagram and had like three people immediately offer me like 1200 bucks for it. Wow. And we're like, Hey, and I'm like, and when that happens, I'm like, I know 
this is something good. And like, I'm not going to sell it to you for $1,200. Like yeah. it's, it's obviously <laughs> worth more than that. And I'll give you 1200 right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I listed it and it sold, it sold for about two grand. It was like, yeah, it, I put it in auction. Watch. Yeah. And the, the thing is, it's like restored in the, the guy who bought it most likely probably is going to restore it. I think restored, they go from like five to six, six grand. So, um, it's very, That's but it's crazy. a very unassuming thing. Like it's not like a Rolex or something like that. That somebody would recognize me like, Oh my gosh, it's just a weird thing, you know? So crazy. That's yeah. wild. Those, well, those are the two best ones. So, yeah. yeah. So we've spent a little time talking about flipping. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about music. So let's do it. Um, so that's, kind of, <laughs> I think for Travis and I, the side hustle parts like, Ooh, but now you're going to see like a whole group of people com- competing with HUD here in neck. Oh yeah. Trying yeah. To Sorry. <laughs> buy up stuff. Sorry. HUD. Um, <laughs> Yeah, all the thrift stores are about to get a ton of crap. Which they anyway. Um, but talking about music, so yeah, you played drums uh, in punk band for a yeah. while while you were here. I did. So if you yeah. ever move back to Nacogdoches, we're minus a drummer right now. So okay. we'd love to have you. Just okay. Put I haven't played drums in, in like four years. Like riding a bike, yeah. you'll be fine. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> we have a fish bowl you can sit in and everything. Oh, so nice. Um, but so it, it's interesting because in our church, like we have. One of our deacons, mm-hmm. Kyle Newton. Oh yeah, uh, real into similar music. And then we have one of our newest members, his brother-in-law, Ty Porterfield, real similar to music. And then we have you and HUD, and so it's kind of like this this unique group that came out of Douglas, uh, and I guess kind of the Woden area that yeah. found yeah. an affinity of music. And then you guys just started playing and and doing that. Yeah, yeah. So Ty, speaking of Ty. Um, was very instrumental in my like music taste or whatever. Um, I met Ty before he became my cousin. Um, he's married <laughs> to my cousin now. Uh, so, um, I forget sh- that sh- you yeah, guys, shout out right. Ty, shout out Kyle, who is also married to my cousin. So, <laughs> um, so, so this Ty, is a weird inner family dynamic. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> well, we were best friends Texas before. Um, we were best friends before all that happened. So it's it's, it's really cool. I love yeah. it. So, um, but yeah, so Ty, I met him through church and stuff, and through Ethan Yates, and um, he was like. Hey, dude, you know, you like all these bands, like, listen, he gave me this whole CD, like, case, and was like, go burn these to your computer, or, like, put them on your iPod, like, you'll like all these bands, and so, bands like Death Wars Prada, Under Oath, Norma Jean, all mm-hmm. those bands that, like, at that point, I'd never heard of, or, like, really had not listened to, and that just, that just, I guess it just grew from there, like, well, because, because, um, I mean, especially thinking about, like, East Texas, yeah. Pine, like, Pine Curtain, East Texas, right. it's so... You got to think like alternative hardcore music is so different from what you're used to being here. Like most people are either listening to like country, whether it be like bromance country or mm-hmm. outlaw country, like yeah. listen to some form of like what they would call country music. Right. Uh, or like rap. Rap I mean, or classic <laughs> rock. Yeah. yeah. And Those and are you your some, three yeah. Yeah. stations yeah. if you're so, still listening to the radio. Yeah. So to get to that that point where you're seeing this whole community of like teenagers, college kids that are like, mm-hmm. no, we're on a whole nother spectrum than right. that. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I find that to be interesting because it, it goes so counter to what people assume right happens especially in, in a place like douglas yeah 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 so it's interesting um and, you know i took all that music back and um how old were you at this point i think when that happened i was gosh what year was that i think that was tw- 2009 i think so i was 17 
at the okay. time. Oh, yeah, so okay. I hadn't quite graduated high school. I graduated high school in 2010. So, um, you know, I kind of took all that back and like to Woden and everything where like there was actually a few people like at Woden and stuff where like they mm-hmm. listened to that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, I'd already kind of been exposed to like metal and like, you know, that kind of thing and like 90s, like alternative, like, you know, Chili Peppers and Pearl Jam. And so all that and like all that stuff was my thing. And then I discovered like there's this whole like scene of like, you know, hardcore, like metal and stuff. And then branching off from that, like we discovered that there's like a whole like Tyler, like had a whole like music yeah. scene dedicated to this. And there was a lot of bands that were out of Tyler and some of them that are like big names now. And so, yeah. um, you know, it's um, that's kind of how it started, I would say. Yeah, and it's surprising because I've I've been to a lot of those shows in Tyler yeah, for like yeah. like Fit for a King's first for a CD King, release yeah. show, and I was yeah, like, yeah, now they're like touring there, with you know? yeah. August Burns Red and these crazy bands. Yeah, and they're stuff. headlining their own shows yeah, now, and they're just yeah. this group of dudes from Tyler. Yeah, Which I think there's yeah. only one original member now. Yeah. Didn't they yeah. like stay with Ethan at one point? They did. They stayed with with Ethan and Ethan. I think at his parents' house. That's so crazy. Because we yeah. we had a um we had like a summer concert thing, and it was kind of when um we i discovered the music and like ethan and nathan actually went to tyler to go see them and we're like we should have them come over to the um um to the church i think actually they played a gig in tyler and they played like near them or something and they were like hey we should get them to go play at the church so imagine having <laughs> cool. this metal band come and play on this like homemade stage um and they're done that yeah <laughs> in, in the at this you know old this Baptist old church. church yeah so let's talk about that because yeah. we so after our last podcast aired, like I had a few church members go, Charles, I can't believe that you actually listened to that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, like that. I mean, that was kind of a, a of course, I've mellowed out a little bit more as I've gotten yeah. older. Um, but like, I still see shows that are coming up that are on my radar. And like my Aaron Camp, Aaron Camp yeah. called me just a little bit ago and I, I wasn't able to answer it then. Sorry, Aaron. Um but he wants me to go to a show in Dallas with him mm-hmm. and Amy here like next month. And I'm yeah. like, oh, and I've already got permission to go. So yeah. I'm trying to get Travis <laughs> nice. to go with me too. Nice. Uh, so I'm not the third wheel. But we're, you know, we're trying to do these things. And, and what I've noticed is people either are unreceptive to it or mm-hmm. like they turn their ears off from it. So being in an even smaller, like kind of a country church than what we see here, <laughs> like at, at Calvary, I'd say we're kind of a big country church. But a uh, smaller country church, what was the reception like? So like, it was mostly like it was mostly youth that were at the thing, and it was outdoors. And I say it was, I mean, there was probably max like twenty kids there, and so it wasn't like we had a huge crowd or whatever. But you have to think this band at the time, like they drove up in their van. They when they went on tour, they slept in the van or on the floor at people's houses. Like they weren't big at all back then, and so like they were happy to come and play for like few hundred bucks and, and so um yeah and some chick-fil-a and some hot dogs and so it's like you know it was more the reception like the next day because they went to church with us the next day and you know they're walking in and, like their skinny jeans and their v-necks and their tattoos and stuff and like half the church is looking at them like who are these people walking into our church? (laughs) And so, um, because a lot of them weren't there for the concert. They were just like, okay, there's this group of ragamuffins, I guess. Let's call them that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyways, it was a different, and that was the only time we did that there. Um, But, you know, the music 
you kind of always you said like you kind of moved on with like music taste or like kind of changed yeah. but you kind of go back it the music becomes very nostalgic i think winter in that scene like yeah. for me at least like I always go back to some of those bands i listen to because like it it is it a, was it a very formative time in my life and like you know maybe you could say that about any kind of music you listen to but um you know I, I've moved on as well. Like, you know, I'm not listening to much metal as much lately. I listen to all kinds of random stuff, but it's like, let's go back to it. And I still enjoy going to those shows, even though like I'm almost 30 and yeah. it, <laughs> try, being, yeah. try being 38. Yeah. Still want to yeah. Go to shows. And it's like, you know, I just <laughs> went to see the wonder years with Kyle and, and them. And it's like, Oh man, the next day I was tired. Yeah, you just <laughs> I like was you, so tired. Your earplugs are in. Yeah. You just can't do it anymore. I didn't do the earplugs. I was all right without the earplugs, but I was like the next day I was like, man, I'm really tired. Like, <laughs> don't know how I did it every weekend with like Thomas and them. It so, was just crazy. Like years back, my wife and I went to go see a band called American Football in oh, Dallas. Yeah, that's, they're a great band. Oh my gosh, they're so good. But Melina, <laughs> Melina made an observation and she goes, Charles, it's so funny because it's literally like a bunch of dads that just got off work and they're yeah. all in like their button down shirts and their mm-hmm. new balance shoes mm-hmm. and their band. Like they're an old band. Yeah, so we, yeah. All, we all grew up like, like the band yeah. itself was still kind of like, Hey, we're trendy and all this, but all the people in attendance were like, yeah, you know, so it's cause it's, and again, like you said, it's that nostalgia to go, wow, I remember this show or I remember this band. I right. remember when I first heard them. And yeah, cause when you're talking about stuff that's been around for 20 plus years now. Yeah. I mean, it's been like, I guess 14 years ago or so that I discovered a lot of those bands. And yeah. so it's like, even then, back then, they were in their like early 20s. And so now they're growing up and stuff. And, um, you know, we saw the Wonder Years and like Soupy, he was the lead singer. He's like middle aged now almost. And he's yeah. like making comments about, you know, we all need a break because we grew up and we're old and we feel tired. So I know you do too and stuff. And so it's like, yeah, so we had like an intermission. We had an intermission at the half of the show. And so, but yeah, it's, you know, it's an interesting music scene. Like Tyler was a whole new like music scene and stuff. And like, there was a lot of bands there and we kind of tried to bring, or at least me and like Thomas and with the band, you know, like we tried to, um, we tried to play a lot of those shows actually, but we tried to bring some of that back to here. And there was a few other people that were trying to like start having shows here more and kind of develop a music scene. And it kind of grew a little bit and then kind of dwindled. And most of, mostly it was just people from Tyler driving. We were all just <laughs> yeah. driving back and forth to each other's shows. Yeah. And so, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had some pretty big bands come through though. Um, some metal bands, especially not Christian metal bands, but there was some yeah. pretty big metal bands that came through and played like annex and stuff. And that a guy had been started having shows and stuff. And, um, we, we tried to bring a few bands in and had a couple house shows and stuff. And that had was the fun. Police called it one had house the police show. called for the noise complaints and stuff. And yeah, yeah. that was pretty fun. common though. And yeah. I've always thought it'd be great to have like a venue like that around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hard part is like, you think you're in a college town, so you're going to be able to appeal to a group of college kids. But, right. um, I, I think even that genre has to be very even specific. very specific. Yeah. yeah. And so we, like, I've thought about, I've looked, I've drive, I drive around town going, oh, that'd be a cool spot, but the parking's terrible. Oh, that'd be a cool spot. But, right. the, you know, because there's all those factors that you have to come into play. And mm-hmm. anytime that you're a venue and you're playing like metal or alternative music or like the kids that are showing up to the show look different, mm-hmm. 
it's like an automatic target for like the cops are going to get called on. Oh us yeah, tonight. like for sure. So you have to find especially a space here, that's yeah, especially in East Texas for sure. I mean, it was we had shows I think in like churches and stuff in Tyler, and I think they were a little bit more like they were familiar with what was kind of going on, and is so that like, like the bullet for pretty boy stuff and things yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, a terrible we, name for a band. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, we had, even in Tyler they had some pretty big metal bands like christian metal bands come th- came through chariot played a few times yeah. under oath played a show i don't know if you went to that gideon. one travis um gideon yeah we played with gideon um which i don't think they claim to be a christian band anymore but it, back then they did and we played with them on like somebody's back porch and so that was pretty fun <laughs> um That's so awesome. yeah well, i remember like i still remember one of the coolest shows i went to was when under oath had just had Spencer, so he'd only been a part of the band for maybe yeah. like a year, yeah. and uh, they played in Memphis because I lived close enough to Memphis. And you, I mean, you couldn't find this place if mm-hmm. you tried. Right, it was just in this random like it's like somebody found an empty warehouse and said, "Hey, can I rent this for a night?" Like mm-hmm. that's kind of how it went. N- little bitty stage, and I could, I mean, the room was probably no wider than the room we're recording in right, right. now, and. It's so loud. You're right up against right. them. I remember the keyboardist slapped me right in the face. He didn't mean to. Like <laughs> yeah. he's just jamming, and he was yeah. so sorry about it. But that was when you could be real close to some of these bands. Real right. Cl- I mean, you're you're in their space, um, and it's still funny to me. Like I'll show my wife videos because she did not. She was not familiar with the scene at all. Right. She met me and was like, "That's weird." I'm going to yeah. assume that that yeah. part of you I watch is just the same thing. Yeah. She still doesn't like metal or anything. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. She's like, I don't like your screaming music. And I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, so for me to like show her bands and be like, oh, this is so cool. Like I'm, I was telling Travis, I'm really into Turnstile right now. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Love them. Of course, I, I like their last album, I think more than their, than this one. But uh, just showing her like those shows and be like, here's how it is. She's like, this is wild. Like people, people jump up punching each other. And See, stuff, I would think yeah. the counselor, she's also a counselor, like mm-hmm. would just find that fascinating. Yeah. Like, like even are, if you don't like the music, it's like these what are the people inter- are so Yeah, what's the inner processes of their pe- their minds <laughs> yeah. that they're doing this? <laughs> How much pain around? do you have to have to scream like that? Uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it. I mean, it's just one girl and a broken heart and that's yeah. all you need. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know that Under Oath show you were talking about, like that was similar to the one in Tyler. Like there was, it was like an empty, the place was called The Warehouse. Remember The Warehouse? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just an empty warehouse and the band would play in the back and they fit, they could probably fit a few hundred people in there if they wanted to. It was pretty big, but we were super close. And the cool thing about those shows and like some of those bands is like, you could just talk to the band afterwards. Yeah. You know, now some of these bands are like on big stages and they're like, but like you could just, you know, chat with them about life and like faith and stuff and um had some very interesting conversations with people it's you know? a little, yeah and it's a little more difficult to do now and yeah. i see i even saw like in that trend of that music that you had this really strong momentum that had a lot of christian influence right. in it but then it's like it just took this weird turn and all of a sudden all those bands are like nah never mind yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's just life as they get older and like things change. I know that some of it is like addictions and things like that. And we, we talked about this, that that we felt like for a lot of these bands, it was a lack of support from the Christian community right. that caused them to go, hey, if this is what being a Christian is like, I don't want to right. do that. I mean, like Sleeping Giant and Fit for, not Fit for King, for today, were kind of like two of the only Christian bands I know Pending that like Doom is pretty solid still I think well I was gonna say that like ended well oh ended well that, yeah. Like, yeah. They, yeah 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 they, they wrapped up they still believe yeah um is impending doom still around they're still around and they're okay. pretty solid as far as like 
from and what then, I understand, like Brooke Reeves, I think that's his name. Yeah. Lead vocalist, and he's pretty solid. Yeah, him. Christian and, and then the guy from uh, Silent Planet is still solid. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. Um, I haven't followed them as much. They're really good. I've their seen latest them. album is crazy. I just started listening to it. Really? But, I'm going to listen uh, to that on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I, I've thought about that, and I was talking to Thomas some about it, too. It's like, um, you know... It, almost at a certain point within the music scene with some of those bands, and especially a lot of the local bands we saw, because we saw a lot of local bands were like, they claimed like they were a Christian band. It was just like you, it was cool to be in like a Christian metal band, or like a yeah. Christian, like, like it was cool to talk about Jesus a little bit or like, you know, you know, you could say you're a Christian and I'm a Christian because I play in this band or I talk about Jesus, but then like outside of the stage, you know, like they just live a completely different life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think some of it was like lack of support and lack of like people seeking true discipleship, yeah. um, in those bands. And like, you know, and, and some of some of those bands that are bigger that are touring all the time. I mean like tour life, like, you know, we went on one tour and it was tiring, but like some of those bands are touring for like months at the time. Yeah sleeping in the car, sleeping in hotels and like being away from like a connected church, a body that's pouring into them. And it's like, it's gotta be hard. It's like keep your faith going and strong. And there's just a lot of temptation out there. I'd imagine too. Just, well, and I think from even the mainstream church at that time, there wasn't a lot of acceptance, I think for anything different than right. what they were used to. Right. Uh, so for me, that was always kind of something where I thought, you know, that has to be a factor that plays into it, that when you can right. sit back and go, well, it, you know, I'm trying to do this to reach out to people and support people and, and present the gospel in a unique way to various types of people. Mm-hmm. And then the church, the church in large or by large does not support what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. And actually they, they consider me more demonic than they right. do helpful. <laughs> yeah, you, you have no idea the number of people that like I talk to and they're like, you know, or back then, and we're like, "Oh, that metal—that's that's devil's music." Like, yeah. that literally, like that's the devil's music. And, yeah, you know, and we joke so- about it, but it was like they're serious. Like, you know, you 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 can't. You know, I think like Christian rap scene kind of faced the same things because, like, yeah. when like Lecrae and all those were kind of like like forerunning the Christian rap scene, a lot of them were like, I think it was even more so like hip hop. Like, hip hop was had such a known history of like super vulgar and like you know, all these different things like drugs and sex and different things like that. And like a lot of people told them like, you, you can't be in a Christian hip hop. Like that's not biblical. Like you're associating yourself with music. That's not biblical. So to say, and it's like, but it's funny to me, we still get into like this idea where like around here, country music, wildly acceptable, but yeah, you really get down into the roots of a lot of what's going on. Like I've listened to some of this. T- I got in a rabbit hole one night when I was in Arkansas of listening to Texas country. And that oh, was yeah, a bad Oh yeah, it's all about hole. cocaine. Yeah, it's all about like, <laughs> It's like that's the, that's the thing of choice in Texas country right now. Yeah, you listen and, to Tyler so, Childers, Childers and it's all about him. Oh, he's so good doing, though. He's, he's really Musically, good. Musically, not yeah. lyrically. Yeah, but, he's, but he's again, a really good artist. That's kind of that thing where, well, it's country music, so it's okay. Yeah. You know, or it's... It's expected it's, to talk yeah. about beer. It's uh, late yeah. 60s, early 70s hippie music where it's LSD and weed, and we hate anything political, but that's okay. Like, it's cool music. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a phase. Like, it has to come through, like, generations, and then it goes, oh, yeah, yeah, That was just something yeah. that was... Well, it's, that it's was a part. Well, it's people are going to be not comfortable with things they're not used to, and I think that's to say, like, even musically... Um, you know, unless you're the kind of type like me, like I would say I'm pretty open to like, well, I'll listen to new music when somebody tells me about it. I'm not like really against like listening to anything because I'm like, I'll try it. I like pretty much all genres, but even with it, most people are like, 
they're comfortable with where they're at. And especially once you start attaching like a faith label to it, then yep. they're like, well, I thought Christian music was like worship music and like, you know. <laughs> where's the organ? Yeah, where's oh, the sorry, organ? They, or they where's even like, <laughs> like, where's the, you know. This doesn't sound like casting crowns. Casting crowns, yeah. <laughs> mercy me, that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, you get into it. And, and with the, there was for the many people that like, I guess like kind of turned away from Christian music that started out as like Christian metal artists and they kind of turned away from that. Yeah. There were so many that did some amazing work and are still doing some amazing work. And I think that's really encouraging to see. Um, it's a hard scene to be a Christian in. I'll oh, say that. For sure. Um, for sure. You know, and to, to hold to a lot of biblical truths, you, you're going to get a lot of backlash, I'd say. I think it's just like anything else. Like even yeah. in that scene, you have a, a an image that you have to keep up. You have this kind of a almost this chip on your shoulder persona that you have to carry with you yeah. um, in, in order to continue to stay relevant. In right. Um, and I mean, we talked about it, I think even in we were talking about yesterday that whenever mainstream institutional things start to take over, you see a dramatic decline in whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. Um, So even in like the music, as mainstream culture began to see a rise in acceptance of this style of metal or hardcore punk music, you saw this huge decline in uh, people wanting to be a part of that. And now we're seeing Mm -hmm. where you got a lot more like lo-fi, very soft course driven. You see a lot more like, um, electronic Mm -hmm. type sounds that are coming out because, and those people are still like, we're, we're coming out of those scenes into this, but we're seeing a a huge decline, I think in that hardcore scene. I'm not seeing as many hardcore bands popping up now. It's, it's, It's like you would, you'd hear of a new one every week. It went from like even with I within like the music scene we were involved in at first like it's kind of funny everybody when we first started like everybody was super into like metalcore and like all these like metalcore bands and like all these you know they come through and everybody would go to the shows all these metalcore band shirts and then like all of a sudden these group of kids start getting into like hardcore like title fights and like Bane and all these turnstile mm-hmm. and bands like that um, you know and. Um, all of a sudden, like it was really cool, to like hardcore music. We don't really like metalcore anymore. We like hardcore, and then yeah. the pop punk started getting really popular. Yeah. And that's a whole another scene. And like you know, they all these genres kind of mixed together, and people started liking pop punk. And then now it's kind of like you said, like it's really like yeah, like so, lo-fi so merging like, of genres. When you think of like metalcore, hardcore. You're thinking like black t-shirts. Black skinny pants, yeah. black Converse, like right. everything's black. Stuck your belt. hair is black. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, gauges in your ears. Then you go to pop punk, and it's like, oh man, I'm wearing some like chubby shorts, yeah. and red Vans, and I found this neon colored shirt. Yep, let's go to the show. You know, it's yeah, sounds like it, how I dressed it, in college. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> but it's so it's just amazing how different each one of those aspects of a scene are. Yeah, um, but then you, I mean, like we're getting to a point where we're looking at bands and they're like, oh, this is, we're not playing together anymore. We're, we're tired of this. We can't do this anymore. And right. it's like, it gets old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the movement's not as much. You don't see as much crowd interaction as you used to because mm-hmm. now we're all getting older and we're like, okay. And I think that's what was, that's always what's interesting to me about, uh, as music progresses, the way that we, like, I, I think the guys that would go see like bands from the sixties and seventies right now, they're not sitting there going, all right, man, let's dance up and down and do all this stuff. They're sitting there going, 
in their lawn chairs going, man, that was cool. I remember when. So it's like <laughs> yeah, you said, yeah. it's that nostalgic. If I know of a band that I used to listen to is coming into town or coming near anywhere near me, like if you're three hours near me, I'm going to try to find a way. I'm just like, that's that'd be cool to just go remember and hear those songs live. Right. Like right. I don't have any desire to get involved in a crowd or any desire to like, let's start a mosh pit. You know, it's, you unless don't want to be a part of the wall of death. Yeah, no, unless I you accidentally get thrown into one that happened at the one new years, you know, for me, yeah. I was like thrown in accidentally. I don't want to get thrown into yeah. one. I'm, I'm yeah. the guy that is pulling dude out and being like, listen, you're going to chill out. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, for or sure. You're going to start a fight and then <laughs> I'm going to have to like punch you. Um, <laughs> I've never had to do that. Yeah. No. I've only, yeah. I've only, yeah, well, I had a guy that was crowd surfing over me. He kicked me in the head, and uh, mm-hmm. so I reached around with my fist and let him know that that was not okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was it's, like, "Oh!" And then they just kept pushing him to the back, so he didn't know who it was. Yeah, I mean, he can't see me. So we've had, we've had some interesting stories with with yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think that I we thought last week that Ty got in a fight at like my first real show in Thailand. I don't know if you <laughs> Sorry, that. Ty, if you don't want. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> Ty's probably not listening to it. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. We need to probably tell him. Hey, we've name dropped you a few times. I'm you gonna, should I'm listen. I'm gonna text him after this. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was interesting. And then um, we had a window get broken out. Um, yeah, we that. talked about that. And one the last police week. get called at the, the funny thing about, show. The funny thing about that one was the police just like barged in the door. Yeah, and they just started like turning off amps and unplugging things, and the band that was playing got really mad because they were like, "You're gonna mess up my equipment," and I was like, "You guys didn't have a warrant, and there's no." But the the bands that were all there that night were part of the uh, what's that movement called, where they don't do drugs or alcohol? Oh, straight edge. Oh, straight, straight edge. edge. Yeah. Straight edge bands. Yeah. So yeah. like, there was nothing illegal happening at the house, but the police just thought there would be. They it was were just a noise 100%. complaint. Hundred percent looking for underage drinking for yeah. sure. Oh, like, wow. and no, there was no around. alcohol whatsoever in the house. So like, I, clarify I up, this because this was my house I was living in. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you yeah. guys don't have a warrant, and you weren't given permission to come in. Like, you shouldn't be here right now. Yeah, so they didn't knock you, on the door. They just kind of walked through. Someone who yeah. owns the house to like let you in, and we we went up the chain and got them in trouble. So yeah. <laughs> Never heard from any more issues. I think we yeah. had one, maybe one more house show after that. Yeah, they but, did not come. Yeah, we had some um, some um, people that were in. They kind of knew we were having a house show, though. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting, though, too. I think in it depends on what area you live in, because if you yeah. live in an area where they're like, "Oh, sweet, so and so's having a house show, let's go," you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's it. It all depends on because yeah. even the scene has different areas, and I'm sure being in the city where you're at now, you know of those areas where it's like, okay. If I go down this street, like that's hipster, that's hipster, that's millennial, that's this. Oh, yeah. I can go here and people would be like, cool. Sounds yeah, great. I mean, let's go. Let's do a block Deep party. Ellum is like the place, you know. Yeah. It's like 30 minutes from my house. But even that's so much different than it was when I used to go back yeah. college when we go see shows. Yeah. yeah. So it, I don't know. It's just yeah. interesting. So music is, I think what, what people have to really understand about hardcore music, pop punk, even that emo, that early emo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no different than just any of the genre or style that you've grown up listening to or, or been a part of. Yeah, um, it's just something that appealed to a group of uh, people at a, at a pivotal time um, that was, for a lot of us, just different and more dynamic than what we were listening to. And I think even still, there's that idea of just being fed up with what's out there, mm-hmm. and you're just going, "There's got to be something more," because this there's just got to be something more. Um, and I know for me, that was my appeal. I was like, this is, 
this is way better than listening to Sonic Flood every single day. Right. I just <laughs> it's, can't do that. It's definitely a place where I think as far as a community, like for the most part, you are welcomed no matter like what your life looked like. Yeah. And so, you know, when the, in the metal scene, like especially you can get into like local level, like there's people that like, I knew I'd see at every show and like we were just show buddies. Like we were friends. Like it didn't matter like that I was a Christian and they were, you know, agnostic or whatever. They didn't believe or thought Christianity was stupid. Like we were just friends. Yeah. And like we, we hung out at shows and like we, we had that, the big unifier was music and that we yeah. could relate on music. And then, um, you know, we tried to use that as a catalyst for the gospel and sharing Jesus and, um, you know, hope we made some impact. You don't know, you know, well, the you funny know. thing is, and I can't remember if I said this last week or not, but like, I think Thomas, who is our bandmate, like, yeah. I think he's gifted in evangelism, first of all, but like, right. he was very good at just starting conversations, like, naturally with people in the scene. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember there was a couple people that like broke down crying at the show we did in El Paso. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we saw similar things in Tyler, a couple similar things here, and just, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the time I was also doing college ministry with First Baptist at SFA. And the thing that stuck out in my mind was it was almost easier to do ministry in the scene because people knew they were broken or looking for something more right. than your average college student who, you know, life's going pretty swell for them. And um, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. A lot of those people ran, would run to something like the music scene because they wanted something to identify as like you know that's my identity and you know i think i wrestled with that even some you know with you know growing up and like oh like this music like this i identify as you know this is what i i'm this because i like this kind of music and it's like you know a lot of those kids were seeking purpose and when you bring the message the message that christianity gives i mean like it's you know, some people respond, I guess. It's yeah. Not a, well, and, you know. and I think that's that community aspect. I think when yeah. you feel like you're a part of something, you're willing to give more of your attention to it, to where, you know, uh, it, it's always interesting to me when I see, especially college kids or somebody walk into the church, especially even here, if they're like, say they're tatted up or they've got just different things going on, people look at them like, are you supposed, did you come to the right spot? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's not everyone, but, you know, you see that every now and then. I can look at that approach as going, man, I'm glad this dude's here. Like, finally, mm-hmm. like somebody I can probably relate to yeah. in some way, like musically or something like that. <laughs> hey, do you listen to this? <laughs> yeah. What, what's your favorite band? And so, yeah. I mean, and that's not yeah. uncommon for me to like start off a conversation like that. Be like, what do you like to listen to? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that tends to be a good jumping off point. Um, so, and, and it's been fun because you still, every now and then you still meet those people that are like, well, I used to listen to this or this. In fact, my buddy Randall, who is here in Nacogdoches. I was finishing playing 24 seven one night and, uh, or something. We was at 24 seven on campus and he was there and, uh, I parked way off cause it was campus. And he said, Hey man, you want to ride? I was like, yeah, I'll take a ride to my truck. Time to walk. And I get in his car. He turns it on. He's playing Lucero. And I was like, you listen to Lucero? He's like, yeah. I was like, I didn't know anybody else in the world in Nacogdoches knew about Lucero. And mm-hmm. so, it was a very cool thing for us, and, and we connected over that. Uh, he works on my guitars. We went to a show, me and him, not too long back, and so we're always trying to find things we can go do. And but there's there's something another connecting point that we right. have, other than yeah, we're both believers. We both believe in Jesus. It's like 
now we have this other thing that we can build community on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, music is just, it has that power. It, it does. has that ability to do it. And so, well, we're running close to time and uh, we've, we've talked a lot about great things. You've picked up a lot of tips on how to buy and stuff. <laughs> 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 um, but don't take any of Raleigh stuff because that's how he lives. All right. <laughs> so if you There's already have a good retirement fund built up, yeah. um, leave Raleigh's retirement fund alone. Um, and HUD's. Sorry, HUDs, sorry yeah. HUD. Um, but it's, dude, it's been so fun catching yeah, it's up. it's been amazing. And you. Yeah. Um, it, I, I do check you out some on Facebook when you guys post and you'll, you'll pop up in my newsfeed. I post nothing on Facebook, I'll be honest with you. It's all my wife and she'll tag me. Um, <laughs> she's, she's doing some really good photography work. Um, her Instagram is photographed by Carly Allen. Um, it's Carly with an E. And so um, it's both of ours, but we've just left the name the same. Yeah. But um, she's doing some really amazing things there. And then my Instagram, Travis mentioned earlier, that's where I'm mostly active. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's good having you, man. Yeah, and, it's been great. Um, I don't know, Travis, do you have any other imparting words that you... No, imparting words, yeah. Enjoyed catching up. And yeah, uh, man. we'll get Thomas in the studio hopefully soon and we'll have the whole band come through make here. make a cover. We need a cover song or something. Cover song, yeah. yeah. No, we we definitely need to do like a reunion show yeah, at some point. Yeah, that'd be fun. We could make that happen. I still have my drum set. It's just sitting in my grandma's closet at her house. Well, I know I know the space with a sound system and a guy that manages the sound system that 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 we could probably get that okay. Let's just say this. I've had two shows at Calvary that no one knew about. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it is possible to secret show uh, around here. Secret show. That so, was a fun time. That was years ago. So that I think the statute of limitations ago, yeah. has already exceeded that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was over 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah it was. It was some time. The, the last show we did here, I was like, okay, this is it. Or I, I can't do another one. I'm going to get fired. Um, but Remember that, that time? was the last one that we played? I here? think that was the Dead Words show. Yeah, yeah I think we both, we played both shows, I think. I remember I helped, well, the first one was... I may or may not have helped arrange this show. Uh, the second one? Yeah. The first one was you guys, 37, and Archimedes Watch Out. Yeah. And that was fantastic show. That was a great Wait, show. Wait, we had Archimedes Watch Out here? Yeah. Uh-huh. We brought him in. I had to preface. <laughs> I, I got in the green room with him, and I had to preface and say, listen, FYI, you're at a church. And they're like, we got you. It's like, cool. They're used to it. They were Thanks, great. Man. They were great band. I still have their shirt. Oh, I, I still listen yeah. to them. I yeah, don't remember. I love their albums. Yeah, they were here once. They were the first show. The second show was Ty's band came in from uh, Texas State, <laughs> and then that was, Ty does not want to talk about. Like, he still doesn't want to talk about it to this day. Uh, sorry, Ty. I'm, we're gonna make sure you listen to this episode tomorrow. Um, and then we had you guys, Dead Words, had come in from Burleson, Dallas area. We had a few Tyler bands, and I think the, they were part of the problem. Yeah, the Tyler yeah. bands were really the issue. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. The best part was when one of the one of the guys that came with one of the bands was a little bit much. And then one of the Nacogdoches police officers came over to check on his son. And that really drove that group out. Cause they were like, Oh no, like we're about to get busted for something. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah. thank you. Cause, <laughs> um, but I told, I told the guy that, uh, I told the guy that kind of got the show really organized. I said, Hey bud, no more. After no this. more. Okay. We're going to finish this day out. Yeah. But it started off, I thought it was going to be three bands. It turned out being like six bands. I was like, I'm going to be here till midnight. No, yeah. <laughs> we got to finish this up yeah. anyway. So, but Raleigh's good having you, yeah. bud. Um, and so, man, if you're listening, and uh, always check out Raleigh's stuff. Check out his online uh, eBay store. Uh, is it still the same as your Instagram? It is. It's just minus the V on the Endless Thrift. So it's just Endless.Thrift. I mean, there's probably nothing that you might want on there, but you never know. 
who knows yeah. there might be something on there you might find so interesting check out the wares that he's selling online wares. and uh we we uh we just appreciate you coming by yeah, thanks for taking really time fun. away from your family to do this but uh as always if you guys got questions comments concerns you can hit us up uh any sunday or by email or call in the church office uh, we're open books so we'll answer any questions if you are concerned about our salvation please come talk to us uh, we promise you that it is safe and secure in Jesus but um, we don't mind talking about those things with you either so uh, other than that we hope that you have a blessed week and we'll see you next time bye